Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on Twitter at Hashtag Kangas or on Instagram at Hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. So today I was joined by Mark McGowan to discuss our Current fortunes as a football club, we, we did a lot of talking about uh, uh, David Noble, um, you know, uh, where it's gone wrong, players that have improved. It, there was, you know, obviously, Jason on Francis was a talking point as well. There's a lot to discuss. We had a really good discussion. Um, you know, he, he's a reporter that uh, I've got a lot of respect for, uh, Mark, um, and, you know, I've always got uh, a lot of time for. And, you know, he, he's... Um, you know, it puts a really good perspective on things and, you know, a logical perspective on things. There's no emotion with him involved, but and he just, you know, sees it from the outside rather than us supporters who are probably, you know, emotionally invested. Um, nothing wrong with that. Of course, we're emotionally invested, but uh, it's just good to get an outside perspective and, and an expert outside, outside perspective on how things are going at the club. And, um, yeah, it was a really good chat. So, you know, he, put, you know, he definitely put a different perspective on what we're all thinking at the moment. So, yeah, it was good to get that, uh, that sort of, um, you know, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? That sort of, um, yeah, clueiness, I guess. Uh, great use of the English language, by the way. Um, yeah, just um, that, yeah, logical perspective, I should say. So, yeah. Um, also, congratulations to Boomer Harvey. Um, got inducted to the AFL Hall of Fame yesterday. You know, record games holder. Yeah, just a fantastic achievement. And if anyone deserved it, it was definitely him. So, yeah, great. You know, it's, yeah, a great day for the club when something like that happens. And, yeah, he really uh, spoke well about being a one-club a one, uh, player as well, which uh, maybe it was just a little bit... Um, of a of a message to Jason and Francis, maybe there's a little bit of that in it. So that uh, how good it is to be a one club club player, but uh, not yeah. I don't want to start uh, going down that road again. Um, yeah, definitely not. It's definitely not worth it. So, anyways, uh, I won't hold you up anymore. Uh, I'm going to bring on Mark right now and uh, have a yeah have have a really good discussion with him um, about uh, where the fortunes of the football club are at. So I'm joined by Mark McGowan, reporter for the Herald Sun. So Mark. Um, I might as well throw a few short ones at you straight away, uh, a few, few short balls. Uh, how do you see David Noble so far? Um, do you think he's lost the players? It's a, that's a big question straight up. But, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. it's been a massive point, hasn't it, throughout the year. And I think, I think he's in a really tough position right now. He's at a club that a couple of years back has made a concerted decision to really strip the playing list back, remove a lot of experience, turn to the draft. They've been very clear on that, which in general I've been supportive of. Um, they might have gone slightly too far, but I, I am a supporter of a club being really clear on their strategy, and the Roos have been clear on that draft strategy. The problem for a guy like David Nobly comes in, and yes, they had a half-decent finish to last year. It wasn't as as great as I think some people try to make out. Um, and that obviously built a bit of optimism going into this season. And obviously, as we all know now, that at the midway point, um, the Roos have consistently been beaten by, you know, 50-plus points, um, which is wearing thin on a lot of people. And then when that happens, people start to look for things that David Noble isn't doing. They look for reason to get rid of him. Um, and I just, I think some of the little things, whether it's on social media, um, the media talking about it. He, he's not a hiding to nothing right now. This club is very much struggling. They've 
four wins year, three wins two years ago, and only one this year. I mean, this is struggle street. There's no doubt about it. But at the same time, no one expected to play finals this year. No one had great expectations, and if they did, they were they were far too optimistic. For me, I'd like to see the ruse back him in. Um, I know that might not be a popular call. Um, I just think you've got to have some stability. If bringing in another coach, a new game style. These young kids have had so many coaches in a short period. They need some stability. And look, if he's not a man and there's stuff going on behind the scenes where the decision makers at the Roos honestly believe that he's just not getting it done, fair enough. Okay, that's that's fine. But I'd really like to see some stability, at least give him, you know, whether it's next year, um, to see what he can do with this list, if they can take a big step. If they're still in this position in 12 months' time, clearly something a big decision has to be made. But I'd like to see him back him in. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one because I feel like we've gone backwards. And this, you know, I think we talked about it before we started, that this has got Mark Neild written all over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, very similar. You know, we've... Look, you look at our percentage. Um, you know, it's it's right up there with Fitzroy at the moment. Nine ninety six were you know a bit of a basket case back then. And you look at the statistics: we're seventeenth in contested possessions, seventeenth in uncontested possessions, seventeenth in effective disposals. It's pretty much last in every category. I can keep going on with this. Eighteen in tackles inside fifty. I've like, just, I, I think the main, yeah, I think the main concern is how much we've regressed from last season as far as. You know, um, metrics go, um, and yeah, to me that I'm not too sure what that is. If it's you know the players not getting the message, or if it's the coaching. Um, so yeah, it, it is a tricky one, like you said. Um, and I guess it leads to my next question: What happens if uh, you know Alistair Clarkson does want to coach? Um, yeah, yeah, you know, and he wants to coach now. Do we just? Um, give Noble till next season and if it's still going the same you, you, pro- you probably have to think that he's going to get sacked um then we miss out on a good you know uh, you know and you know an Alistair Clarkson I, guess. I understand where you're going look Alistair Clarkson walks over to North Melbourne and says I want a footy club um look I, I think it's pretty clear that David Noble's probably in even bigger <laughs> trouble than he is right now um my only hesitation on that is I, I really don't think Alistair Clarkson wants to come back and have to um, undergo a huge rebuild and, and turn the club around and have to spend three, four, five years getting them, um, however long it's going to take. And, and we don't know how long it's going to take to get back because teams can climb in a hurry. Let's say it is going to take you know, three to five years to get North Melbourne in, back in, let's say, premiership contention. Um, I just, I'm just not sure Alistair Clarkson is prepared to considering I think he'll have probably better options um, at this stage. And that's not to not having a shot at North Melbourne. No. It's just suggesting that the list demographics and, and where this club is at right now, I think there will be more appealing options. And, and one of those, we already know that the Giants job will be available. Um, that's not to say that Alistair Clarkson is definitely going to be at the Giants either. We, we don't know. But what we do know is a lot of clubs have sounded out Alistair Clarkson and the types of roles, who knows? It might be a director of coaching. It might not be just a senior coaching role. We don't know yet. We're going to find that out more and more over the coming months. But I agree with you. If Alistair Clarkson says, I want to be at Arden Street, we know he has a, a, a background at the club. Um, look, you, you don't knock back a guy like Clark. I, I just don't think that's going to be a reality. Is it worth asking him the question? Absolutely. Uh, 
Oh, absolutely. You asked the question, but I mean, it's it's how you go about that. You'd want to be very careful way you go about that because you've got a coach here who, you know, he's under contract. He's he's coaching this club right now, and and you're going to you'd want to say to David Noble, and you'd want to let him know that you're going to have a conversation with Elsie Clarkson because. Again, you and if you're going to ask that question and be that straightforward about we want to chase Alistair Clarkson, uh, or you've got Noble, knowing that there's a chance you don't get him, what does that say to Noble? I mean, if if no, if he finds out that it's Clarkson over him and they're willing to make that decision, it doesn't give you much faith in what you're doing. Um, you, you probably need to walk away. It's a hard one. That the ruse got to be really careful in this decision. I don't think there's anything wrong with having a conversation. I think there's a big difference between asking the question, do you want to coach this football club and having a conversation with Alistair Clarkson? Because again, as I said earlier, maybe Clarkson comes back as a director of coaching and sits above Noble. Um, I, I don't know. I think you've just got to be really careful here because I don't know if Clarkson's top priority would be to coach Noble. And then what about if you've gone there and you've chased him and then you miss out on him and then you go back to your the coach you currently have and say, oh, we've missed out on Clarko. Do you want to still coach us? I mean, I, I just I just think that's a that's a really um, dangerous move and could provide even more instability to a club that right now needs stability. Yeah, I mean, there's no there's pretty much zero percent chance that um, if you did approach Clarkson that uh, it, it wouldn't be found out. So and and like you said, it's it's it, it'll yeah it's a confidence thing as well against David Noble like you know you're pretty much saying well we lost confidence in you but um we'll keep you if we you know if um you know if Clarkson doesn't want the job so yeah it's it's a really delicate spot at the moment the club are in um they want to back their coach and they've even been publicly publicly have said it uh, a couple weeks ago they've come out and said yeah we want um you know we're backing in David Noble all the way um and yeah you, you sort of uh, they're in, in between a rock and a hard place right now, and yeah, you know, I mean at the end of the day, the supporters are a lifeblood of the club, and yeah, you, know, you, you see it on social media. The the supporters um, are pretty much calling for him to go at the moment. And it's very hard to get supporters back after that happens. It yeah. does. It's going to take a lot. I mean, yeah. at the same time, it, it will take a lot. But it's funny how supporters love love a club, and it doesn't matter what club it is, whether it's North Melbourne, whether it's West, whatever it might. If they start seeing some signs of life in this second half, and that doesn't need to be six, seven wins in the second half of the year, I think I think a lot of supporters are quite realistic about where their club is at, especially when they're rebuilding. They want to see silver linings, and they want to see you know just glimmers of hope. Um, you know, it's it might be someone like a Paul Kirk um, taking a big step forward, kicking three or four goals in a game. Maybe, Davies Uniac, um, you know, being best on group match. It might be sticking with, you know, the, the premiership favourite for three quarters and, and pushing them. It might be games like Sydney one where they almost win it. Um, they just want to see consistency. Fans want to see something that they can grab hold of and say, oh, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Whereas right now, it doesn't seem that way. And I think that's the big problem for David Noble. He needs to find a way, and, and probably quickly, um, to be able to say, there's some signs of progress here. Yeah, I mean, you talked about advanced metrics and, um, look, you, you've got access to, I assume you've got access to champion data. Um, and he talked about advanced metrics, um, that we're doing uh, well in uh, some sort of advanced metric, but I can't see it at the moment and even some other supporters can't see it. 
And yeah, I mean, it's 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 interesting that he uh, keeps. You uh, talked about that a couple of weeks ago when we we're pretty much 18th in, or 17th because of West Coast um, in every uh, category I can see. So, what do you see? Why have we regressed so much uh, this year? You think? Do you think it's um, like uh, personnel, uh, players like tack? You know, I mean, you talked about stripping the list. Do you think it is the list at the moment? I think the list is a big, big part of it, and I don't think you can overlook that. There are so many kids playing right now, regular footy. And we we know that there's not a lot of top-end talent on this list right now. Like when I say top-end talent, yes, there's some really talented kids, but as far as A-grade AFL talent, there's not a lot of that at the top end. And then guys like, look, Josh Simpkin is a, you know, he's a good footballer. He's a, he's a really good footballer, but even he gets, you know, he being um, judged quite harshly now, right now. You probably don't want Jai Simpkin being your absolute superstar. You'd love to think Jai Simpkin might be the you know, second or third best midfielder, but you know, right now, Ben Cunnington. Um, you know, you've got a guy like Tristan Sherry, who I think's been a, a really big improver this year, and he's grabbed that number one man. But you know, Todd Goldstein's in the, the twilight of his career. It, two years ago, when Goldstein had a, you know a really great year, that would have helped having someone like him. I, I think. That cannot be ignored. The fact there are so many kids who haven't played a lot of senior footy and they're all playing together. And that's really difficult to set standards and to look to the person next to you to, to inspire you to take that next, that next leap. And I think we hear this a lot. And maybe it's a cliche, but I, I, I think it's, it's fair. You know, improvement isn't always linear. And it just doesn't happen like I won four games last year. So... I'd expect us to win five or six the next year. It's, it's never as simple as that. And yes, some of the numbers are ugly. Well, a lot of the numbers are ugly. But I didn't have high expectations on the Roos this year. I probably thought they would have performed better than they have. I think that's fair of everyone. But um, I, I just you can't judge too early. I still think we're very early into this rebuild as far as a North Melbourne perspective. And I'd like to see some more second half of the year, but as far as the, the question around regress so much, I mean, it's a million-dollar question. A lot of it has to do with how many kids are playing regularly. And let's be honest, there's, there's not a lot else to do other than play kids. So I think the expectations have to be kept in check. Yeah, true. I mean, you talked about, and I agree with you there, like uh, we are playing far too many young guys. And we've seen that uh, even a few weeks ago, that Miller Bergman, um, you know, very raw young kid. I uh, got tackled and popped his shoulder out. And mm. even the first quarter, there were signs there that, you know, he, he just wasn't up, you know, to the AFL standard. And, you know, the club threw him in uh, into the deep end and got a bad injury. Uh, unfortunately, we've had a few other injuries and we don't have the depth. You know, experienced players like Ben Cunnington, Jared Pollock, that, that would help a lot. But uh, we pretty much haven't had him all season. Um, before we go on there, I mean, you, you mentioned Pollock there and, you mentioned you don't mention the name, but it's part of the recruiting. I mean, Jaden Stevenson, it just it's been a disaster. It's really been a, a, at the time it was celebrated. What a bargain this is that we brought this you know this rising star into the club, and he's he has fallen well short of expectations. You've also gone out and, and chased Callum Coleman Jones from Richmond, who everyone expected would come in and have an impact, and there was fear that you know he'd he'd keep Tristan. Sh- side and looking back now I mean, it's laughable isn't it I mean Sherry's a mile ahead of where Callum Coleman Jones is right now but 
guys like Stevenson and Coleman Jones, I mean, they're the picks you, you've got to get that right. And the players themselves have to perform. And if they perform, it's a trickle-down effect. There's been issues like that that are all contributing. There's a whole bunch of little things that are adding up to why Roos aren't where they a lot of people thought they might be. Yeah, he struggled uh, this year, Stevenson, been dropped a couple of times. He had a good year last year in his first year at the club. Um, but um, yeah, similar to Collingwood, yeah, run the rising star in the first year and then fell away second season. That's pretty much happened here. So, yeah, I'm not going to write him off just yet. He's, only, he's still under 23. Not, um, not and, yeah, no, of course. His level and his stage of his career is an indication that he is one of your best players right now, or in your top five to seven, as far as where this list is at. And he's nowhere near that right now. He's getting dropped. He's 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 playing VFL footy when he should be playing a key role in, in driving standards. I mean, that that's there's a big separation from that. That Callum Coleman Jones can't get a game. I mean, that that's 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 incredibly disappointing, and. That, that's part of the reason I think finds itself in this position and having to play so is because these guys that should be starting closer to their, their peak, like your Coleman Jones and your Stevensons, they're not playing senior footy right now. And that's, that is, that's a, that's a disaster in a lot of ways when it's your recruiting needs to be um, you know, successful, especially when you've made some, um, some errors over time or when you've stripped back a list with, you know, you're going to have a lot of kids. You need those older players to perform. And those two, aren't getting it done. Yeah, I mean, the Callum Coleman jones is an interesting one. Um, I think they, um, because, you know, I mean, last season uh, we had Tristan Sherry that wanted to, that requested a trade to St Kilda and we said, no, you're too valuable for a future second rounder, so we want to keep you. Uh, I mean, they pretty much thought that this would be Todd Goldstein's last season. I still think it probably will be, um, whether he goes to another club. That's why they got Coleman Jones uh, to be the number one ruck um, and and a forward um, with uh, Tristan Sherry. So I could sort of understand that, but you know, in saying that, with the form Todd Goldstein's been in the last few weeks, do you, are we going to keep him for another season? You think, or do you think um, we just sort of say, look, we've got to, we, we can't afford to keep a recruit like Coleman Jones in the reserves, paying him five hundred thousand a year effectively for the next four years? Um, yeah, like. It depends on how they see Coleman Jones. Like you touched on it earlier about there was discussion around is he a number one ruck? Is he is he coming in as a key forward? We we saw him play a lot up forward at Richmond because he simply wasn't, you know, he was down the pecking order as far as ruck was concerned. And he had some really good games as a forward. Um but that so that's where we were torn. We weren't sure exactly what North was bringing him in to be. But I think right now, Sherry is clearly the future as far as the ruck is concerned. And if Coleman Jones wants to play, he needs to find a way to complement Nick Larkey um, and Cam Zerha. He needs to find a fit in that forward line. Um, the Goldstein one is a really interesting one. I think I think the ship sailed as far as him going to another club. I, I just don't see why another club would bring him in unless you're bringing him in to be um, ruck depth. I, I don't think right now you're, you're recruiting him to be your number one ruckman at this stage of his career. I, there were opportunities to go to Geelong a few times over the years and had different offers, all those sorts of things. I think now we're getting past that point. So, I, look, I, I'd, I'd keep him. I think I'd try to keep him for another year if, if Goldstein wants to play. Um, but you've really got to start seeing other guys stepping up. And if that position, if they don't want to play Goldstein and Coleman Jones and Sherry in the same side... Next year, you'd really like to think that Goldstein um, isn't playing every week if you do keep him on. But if you do feel like keeping Goldstein on the list is going to hurt Coleman Jones's development, then you've got to make a hard call on Goldstein. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's the balancing act, I suppose. They're, they're probably discussing right now. Um, well, we don't have anyone in the you know, in, in the recruiting team at the moment, so we've only got two people there. So, yeah, they'll have to fill those spots and uh, they'll have to make decisions about that. You don't think Todd Goldstein would be the number one ruckman at Geelong? No, I don't. I don't. I think they've, I think they've got other options. I, I think Reece Stanley and he's. I mean, I know Reece Stanley's not young, but Goldstein. I mean, what, he's getting to mid thirties now, um, and I just don't. Think, I just don't think it's the answer. I think they've they've gone and got John Segler. They've got all these other ruckmen. I just don't see why they would grab another veteran ruckman. I just don't see the point at this stage. I think they've gone to Segler now. I think that Segler recruitment is them conceding they're not going to get a, a Goldstein type. I just don't see the point of having Stanley, Segler, Goldstein, other younger ruckmen on the list. I mean, there's, there's only so many. Every club only has up to probably four ruckmen on a list. Um, I, I don't see why Geelong would go down that path personally at this stage. I think if it was going to happen, it would have happened a year or two ago. Yeah, and that's fair enough. And he, I think he did have that opportunity, but decided to yeah stay loyal to the club. He did. He wanted to stay, and, and that's you know as a North Melbourne um, person, you're probably thrilled um, to see that loyalty of you know a guy who's been an absolute club great and a, a champion and will be remembered all time for his performances. And but um, you know it's it's a funny one looking back. Did Goldstein make the right call? Who knows. Oh, you probably have to think not <laughs> as far as if you wanted to win a premiership. But look, yeah. It depends what you want, though, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, some people get great fulfilment out of being a one-club player and that's probably what he was thinking. Yeah, I mean, we've seen uh, this speech uh, Brent Harvey made in the Hall of Fame yesterday about that being a one-club player and how much it meant to him. So maybe he's got that little bit in him in that in, in that self as well. So who knows? But um, yeah, it doesn't matter now. He's a North Melbourne player, so we'll see what happens next year. We'll worry about that. Uh, which players do you think have improved um, this season for North? Do you, do you see any? It's a, I've seen this question getting thrown around a lot on social media. I've, and to be honest, I think it's harsh to say there, there's not any. I mean, we talked about Tristan Sherry earlier. Um, I think I think he's made he's gone absolutely leaps and bounds ahead. Um, but I think he was trending in that direction last year. Um, I, I was critical last year of the decision to play Tom Campbell ahead of him a lot um, for a lot of the year. And look, again, in hindsight, maybe maybe Noble made a great call and he was challenging him and he wanted to see more because he saw potential in him. Maybe he's he's succeeded in spite of that decision. It, we don't know. But either way, he's definitely won. I think Luke Davies Uniac has taken his footy to another level. It hasn't been an explosion of form. But I think he's just still continually improving. And he's a really nice footballer. Um, you know, when we talked about Jai Simkin earlier, and you probably don't want maybe Jai to be your, your absolute best midfielder. Luke Davies Uniac has all the tools. He's classy. He's quick. He's a great ball user. He's a difference maker. Um, he's the type of player you want to develop into an A-grade midfielder. And for me, he's, he's tracking in that direction. It's maybe not happening in a, in a as quick of time as what some people want, but... Again, if he had some more experience around him, maybe it happens quicker. Um, it's, it's hard to know, but I think he's trending in the right direction. I think Bailey Scott's taken a, a step forward with his footy this year. Um, I think someone like a Flynn Perez even. I mean, him even playing regular senior footy or any footy is a big positive. I, I, I really like Flynn Perez. I think he's got a lot of ability. I think he's a long-term player that is definitely going to be a factor for this club. He's just got to stay fit. Um, and then, look, I mean, they're the ones that immediately spring to mind. And then there's guys like... Your Simpkins and Larkies, who are you, you're not necessarily looking for them to make a huge leap, or there might be different things they're they're improving in little areas that probably aren't as obvious. But I think Simpkin and Larky have very much maintained their level of footy, or at least similar anyway. Um, there's been some frustrating stories though 
when, when we talk about the flip side of this discussion, which players have regressed. Um, I think the one that's probably been really frustrating has been the Tom Powell, I think, for mm. some people, wondering why he hasn't been playing regular footy and after such a bright season last year. But again, I think we go back to the discussion earlier about improvement isn't always linear. And David Noble or the other coaches might be looking for something in particular from him that is going to pay dividends in two or three years' time. Because we don't necessarily need Tom Powell to be reaching his peak in his second season of AFL footy. There might be little things that they're trying to sharpen up on him and we may never know what they are. Um, but either way, there's no doubt we haven't seen um, the best of, of Tom Powell this year. And that's that's been disappointing because he looked really nice last year and, and a guy that's going to be a big part of this club. But there's probably a lot of guys like that that you look at it and you go, well, you haven't really taken the next step, whether it's a, a Jack Marnie or a, a Taran Thomas has been um, a, a major disappointment after the, how strongly he finished last year. But, I mean, I think that injury really was major and um, has really significantly set him back. But there's obviously also some discussions around attitude, work ethic, all those sorts of things as well, and the same sort of things that are being pointed at Jaden Stevenson. So, unfortunately, not enough players have improved. That's probably the, the best way I can answer that question. Yeah, no, that's pretty well said. Yeah, I've known, yeah, even with Tom Powell, he hasn't uh, played in the midfield much this year. He's played a lot of half forward. And, uh, yeah, anyone that's uh, seen, his play, seen his play, we don't get uh, many inside 50 entries. Um, so, yeah, that makes it a bit tough for him. I think Curtis Taylor's improved a bit this year too. So, just to throw in that one. Um, like but, really good kick of the footy as well. This, this is a guy who's got a lot of ability. Uh, you'd hope, and in a stronger side, I think he's he's a really nice player. Yeah, 100%. And like you, like you said, um, yeah, we're getting a lot of games into these kids as well. Like a Flynn Perez is starting to get some continuity. So there are a lot of positives in that regard. So, yeah, it really helps. And Bailey Scott as well has found a position in a team. So, yeah, it's not all doom and gloom, like you said. So how can we improve in the second half of the year, you believe? Is it just uh, competing better in the contest or is it about getting players back from injuries? Uh, what do you think? I think it's a combination of all of that. I mean, how can we improve? I mean, it depends what you what areas you're working on. I mean, this is this is where I go back to when you're discussing coach performances um, and what they're trying to do. Unless you are intimately aware of what clubs are aiming at, what they're targeting, um, the advanced metrics, as you touched on earlier, that David Noble has alluded to, it's it's really hard to know. But I mean, you'd just like to see when you ask a question like, "How can North Melbourne improve in the second half of the year?" They've got to be more competitive. They simply have to be more competitive. So many games this year have been over at quarter time or early in the first half, and it's just not good enough. And then at the end of the match, when you hear David Noble talking about, oh, I thought we, you know, I thought we battled away really well after a poor start. I mean, that, that doesn't matter. The game is over at that point. These players need to make a stand and they need to be more competitive. There can't be 50-point losses every week. It just can't keep happening. And that's whether it's whether that improvement comes from improving the turnover game, it comes from greater scoring efficiency inside 50, it comes from winning the contested ball more often, whatever it might be, all of those need to improve. I don't think there's one area. All of it needs to improve and the end result needs to be greater competitiveness on a more consistent basis. They need help for guys like your Luke McDonald's. They, they, they can't do it all on their own. They're going to need more contributors on a more regular basis. So, how can you improve? You need these kids to take a leap as well. And, and that's easier said than done. Um, you know, they're, they're still playing so early in their career. And to think they have to take on 
you know, the lion's share of responsibility to, to help a, a struggling footy club um, take that next step. It's harsh, but when you look at the list demographics, they're going to need the kids to take a step if they are going to be more competitive and they need even more from the, the senior guys. But in general, this team just needs to find a way to remain in games for longer. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, we we seem to be more uh, competitive when, uh, you know, uh, the sting is pretty much gone out of the game. The, the contest is effectively over. That's when we're, you know, the, the scores are fairly even, like David Noble said, well, second half, they only had scored us by two points, but the game's over effectively yeah. at half time. So, well, it's probably over even before that. So, yeah, we've got to be uh, more competitive and putting more uh, four-quarter performances and yeah, hopefully we get a few players back, like a Charlie Combin as well. Um, who yeah, who can't seem to get uh, his body right, which is really hurting us. Um, yeah, he's been talented. Kid, Dan. He's, he's a really talented kid. Like you see, yeah. what, even that first preseason, the way he was clunking marks in intra clubs and all that. And you still, it's a shame you're still hanging on to those moments rather than talking about what he's actually doing in games. Um, you'd really like to see a kid like that starting to you know, work his way into the team and playing regular footy. So things like that have really hurt the North rebuild. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't had any luck really in his career so far, just with injuries. And, yeah, he was close to getting uh, picked. I think he would have been picked. um, But, uh, yeah, had to get a knee clean out and he was there for six weeks again. So, yeah, just not not much luck, unfortunately, for him. So hopefully, uh, you know, he's, you know, all the luck's, uh, all the bad luck's out of the way for him for the rest of his career and he, we can only hope that he has good luck from now on. Someone like a Robbie Tarrant, who had a lot of injuries first couple of years of his AFL journey. And then um, after that, once he got his shoulders sorted, that uh, he, had, you know, he had a really good run as far as injuries go. So we're hope, certainly hoping something like that happens with Charlie Combin. In saying all that, uh, with how uncompetitive we've been, do you think we deserve a priority pick? Deserve is an interesting word when you ask that. <laughs> um, I don't think anyone deserves a priority pick, but if you go back and look at the record, I mean... Three wins in that shortened season in 2020, only four wins and a draw last year, one win through 13 rounds. I mean, they're building a case that suggests that they're going to need some extra help. And and how that comes, whether it's an end of first round pick, whether it's something different that the AFL concocts, at this point, yes, everyone knows that North Melbourne made a deliberate move to shed the list of mediocre experienced players who probably weren't going to play a lot better. Um, But at the same time, by doing that, by gutting the list to the extremes that they did, they've left themselves with a very young and raw list. And so some of the, some of the fault has to go on on the, on the club itself. But at the same time, the AFL wouldn't be wanting to see a club winning four or fewer games a year for three straight years. And I can't see any drastic changes in the second half. I'd be I'd be surprised if they ended up with five wins. I, I think that'd be a fantastic result if North somehow got to five wins this year, which um, I, I don't think that's going to happen. But let's say it does. I think that even that's still only five wins for an entire season. So I think the AFL would definitely be weighing up a call because you wouldn't want to see North going through another year next year of only winning four or five games. And that's not to say that an end of first round pick will suddenly solve you know, North's woes and that they're suddenly going to surge up the ladder. But it just adds another layer of talent into the club. And and that's what you need. When you get to this point, a lot of it is about talent. Yes, attitude, hard work, it's all absolutely necessary. But 
it's a talent game in the end. And if you've got more talent than the next side, you're probably going to be um, pretty competitive. And that's where North is still um, still battling away. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, this is very different to the Gold Coast where a lot of the players, um, you know, left for other clubs. You know, no one really left for another club besides Warwick Tarrant, who's, you know, past his peak anyways in his 30s. Yeah, we, we, like you said, we let a lot of this talent go, like a Mason Wood, Trent Dumont, um, you know, Sam Durden's, a number of others, Tom Murphy and, and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's our own undoing. We didn't build the list um, well enough. So it's, yeah, I mean, like you said, the AFL might uh, sort of say they don't like teams being, you know, winning less than five games. And, you know, we'd have to win four out of our last nine games left to get to five wins, like you said, and I can't see that happen. I don't think we're going to get close to that. But, um, yeah, if we do get a priority pick, it will probably would be, you know, early second round, maybe end of first round or something like that. So... Yeah, well, um, I suppose time will tell. I mean, we'll see how we play in the second half of the year as well. We did improve in the second half of the year last year, so which uh, dispelled all that talk. So hopefully that can happen again. Um, there's obviously an elephant in the room. Uh, we'll talk about Jason. Jason <laughs> I was waiting for you to ask this one. <laughs> we'll obviously talk about uh, Jason on Francis. Um, is it getting blown up? Uh, it's it's gone a bit out of control. Uh, the whole talk about him. Uh, you can't uh, go to the toilet at the moment without mentioning, you know, uh, talking about him. Um, how do you think the club is best to handle this situation? Is it David Noble's uh, stepping up to the media? Is it the CEO stepping up to the media? Or is it just um, him doing, you know, he's talking on a football field and that, that'll uh, stop the talk? It's, oh, geez. It's just, it's a really tough situation. Is it getting blown up? Absolutely, it's getting yeah. blown up. Everyone is talking about it. And then obviously it's built up probably to a point. I, I'd imagine it's played a role in the frustration um, Horn Francis showed in that that hit that's cost him obviously a couple of weeks. I mean, it was it wasn't a good incident. It, it didn't reflect well on him. Um, how much the uh, the speculation and the pressure played a role in it? Who knows? Um, we know he plays tough, so he plays on the edge. But I think it's just we're talking about a number one pick here. There's always intense spotlight on any number one pick. And he's come in, he's obviously from interstate. Everyone knows the background of all the offers that were made ahead of the draft that North Melbourne knocked back. And I think they rightly made the decision to knock him back. I mean, Horn Francis is a special talent. And again, you can't expect kids to walk into a club, especially at AFL level, no matter how talented they are, and just absolutely set the world on fire. Yes, it does happen sometimes, but it doesn't happen more often than that. And I think Horn Francis has still been okay. Yes, he, he's not averaging 25 touches a week. I mean, did anyone really expect that to happen? It's I, I think that was unrealistic. But how does North handle this situation? I mean, it's a difficult one because there's so much. It is out of control as far as the media speculation. Um, you're seeing, I mean, little things that he's done himself, like liking social media posts talking about trade scenarios for him. I mean, re- let's be honest, it was a dumb move. No matter how much that's been amplified and possibly blown out of proportion, it was a dumb move to like something like that. But realistically, he's a kid. Mm. All he thought he was doing, like everyone else does, when they see a post that they like or they think it's funny on social media, they click on a like. Not every kid, though, suddenly deals with an article being written about them and um, that stoking the fire of, yep, he's going. We don't see many number one picks or any leave 
it, before their first contract ends or even at the end of their first two-year contract. I'd be very surprised if he's going anywhere. But you know what? As I say to a lot whenever I do these sorts of chats or when other people talk about footy in general, um, nothing surprises me in AFL footy. And there's always going to be a first. But I, I again, lean towards I just don't think it's going to happen. We're, we're suddenly in the worst-case scenario where a club is struggling so badly. You've got a number one pick who's from an interstate. It becomes a talking point. Um you'd love to see him re-sign. And I think that's that's probably puts an end to it in a lot of ways. But look, in the end, North just need to start winning some games of footy. And that will probably help the situation as much as anything else, whether it's the CEO talking, Noble talking, because all that is is talking. Um, ultimately, the only way this is ever going to go away with how it's gone now is by him re-signing. And there's no other way of looking at it. Yeah, I mean, is is how it talks at the end of the season, which is fair enough. And that, he said that a couple of weeks ago. So oh, maybe they're going to advance talks. I'm not too sure. Uh, it's, He's not even like, out of contract, though. This is the thing. This, yeah. is, this is the, the thing. Like, not not every draft that first round draftee resigns in their before their first year ends. I mean, this is the thing. Putting off contract talks. I mean, it, it's it's become a wild story in a lot of ways. He's contracted for next year. So no matter what, yes, yes, they're obviously keen to sign him up early and a lot of clubs do sign their early picks in that first year or even before the first season begins. But there's also some that, that wait. I see no issue with that and it doesn't mean he's leaving, but that's what it's become. And, geez, it's a tough position for this kid to be in, a really tough spot. And I think in general, he's played a lot of senior footy and he's played some really good footy at times. And I think he's going to be a really special player and, Hopefully, North can keep him. Yeah, oh, we're certainly all hoping for that. And like you said, he's a generational talent, and they don't grow on trees. So, yeah, we we can't, yeah, we can't as a club, we can't afford to lose him or anything like that. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's just the case. He's yeah, you know, like you said, he's an eighteen year old kid. He's immature. Um, yeah, you know, like, like like you said, like liking posts at uh, of fake trades. And I don't think he handles losing too well. He, he hasn't been you know, in losing teams like this uh, throughout his whole junior career. And he's a bit of a sore loser at the moment. That just happens with being immature, you know, lashing out on Josh Kelly, you know, throwing a foot, you know, an arm across his head, uh, and and you know, uh, having arguments with uh, teammates and so forth. But um, there's no reason to panic or anything like that. I, I think it's um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of noise, um, and yeah, like like you said, I think the only way you're going to stop that noise is if he does resign sooner rather than later. But um, yeah, time will tell, I suppose. And hopefully he comes back after the suspension, and I'm sure he will after you know reflection and all that sort of thing. Um, and he will come back a bit of player for it. So yeah, and he'll, he'll probably stop the noise a little bit in that regard. Uh, before we finish, Mark, I wanted to talk to you about Jack Zebel, our captain. Now, he's obviously struggled as a forward this year. Um, now, I'm surprised, and I've mentioned this for a number of weeks on my podcast to other people, why haven't they tried? Why do you believe they haven't tried him in the back line again, just to get him a few uh, touches and get him feeling the footy? Because he's struggling up forward. Um, it's yeah. You know, besides the one game against Sydney where he kicked five, every other game he's he hasn't uh, looked likely. Um, yeah, are you surprised that in yourself that I haven't even tried him in the back line again? Because he had a really good uh, year in the back line last year. He was third in the best and fairest. Um, you know, led the meters gained. I think in the competition or close to it. Yeah. Look, I'm not, I'm not surprised because I think at his stage of his career, he's a role player now. 
and I know we we talked earlier about there aren't a lot of senior guys on the list or guys that can be real difference makers. And Jack's one of those who can set standards and can be really tough. And I think it might just be as simple as David Noble feels like North needs Zebel up forward more than they need him down back. And I think everyone knows it's easier to get a kick down back. And especially in the role Zebel was playing last year. And yes, he finished third in the BNF, but there were a lot of inflated numbers. And this is a guy who played most of his career as a, as a mid forward or, or a lot of the time, even just as a mid. Um, and that's where he, you know, that was obviously his best position over his whole career. Yes. He had some great numbers last year, but realistically the ruse don't need him getting 30 touches a week for, for no reason. Um, they obviously feel like they need the extra punch up forward. They need a guy who's going to provide pressure, who's going to provide hardness. And look, I think he's, sometimes you have to back the coach in. Um, you know, just he hasn't been amazing. Yes, as you said, he's probably only had that one standout game. But you know what? How many how many forwards at North are kicking big goals right now? I mean, Nick Larkey's still only kicked. I mean, he's not even averaging two goals a game right now. It's hard going to kick goals in a poor performing side. And the things that Jack Zeeble's obviously being um, graded on internally might be different to what the fans are looking for. Uh, yes, he's not getting 20 touches a match, but is that the gauge on Jack Zeeble playing a good match? Um, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, it's, it's certainly harder to get that many touches playing as a half forward or you know as a deep forward at times. Um, I, I'm fine with it. I, I don't think Jack Zeeble and where he's played is really going to be the difference maker here. Um, I think he's at a stage in his career where he fits in where the coach needs him to. Yeah, no, that's and that's fair enough, I guess. Um, I, I guess, yeah, it's more just a, for a confidence play rather for him. But uh, I, I don't, yeah. I don't really need to chase confidence at this stage of his career. Though. That, that's the thing. I, I mean, I don't think yeah, he's playing that that poorly. That yes, he hasn't been great. There's no doubt about that. But as I said, like I think just judging it on numbers sometimes can be um, a little bit dangerous. And you know, just just because he had some big games and he was getting lots of super coach points last year. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's not actually contributing more in the role he is right now, rather than just filling that role of, you know, taking some kickouts or, you know, getting some easy, easy uncontested marks. Um, it, it's a hard one. Cause I mean, even Aaron Hall has gone back and in the past few years and has had bigger numbers and everyone's sort of raved about his progress, but um yeah, look, I think you want to see some some kids probably filling that role and maybe it's more important for the kids to get some confidence. No, and that's that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, no. And um, yeah, maybe there's just not a role for him in the back line as well. So, you know, maybe they want to try a few other things, which is fair enough. So, yeah, um, at the end of the day, David Noble's a coach and uh, yeah, he knows a lot more than I do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Doesn't mean you can't have an opinion though. That's what they're yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. So yeah, I just uh, thought I'd ask uh, you the question about that. So yeah, no, you get a very logical response like you have with uh, all your uh, all the questions I've thrown at you. So you've handled all the short balls pretty well tonight, Mark. So, yeah, no, great stuff. Uh, no, I really appreciate you coming on, Mark. Uh, did you want to add anything else? Oh no, look, I think you've covered it really well there. I mean, it, I think as we discussed off air, I mean, it's it is a tough time to be a Kangaroos fan and. I feel for you. You're uh, you've gone through some tough. <laughs> there's no doubt about that. And there's so much pressure on on this club and and David Noble and the players right now. And you, you do sometimes not see light at the end of the tunnel. But hopefully, there can be some just little glimmers of hope in the second half of the season. And 
hang on to the the, the progression that Luke Davies Uniac's making. Tristan Sherry, your Bailey Scotts. It's great to see a season of footy out of Flynn Perez and and just mm. back them in. I mean, being super negative about your footy club. Yes, it's hard not to be sometimes, but you know what? You got to back them in, and you got to back the people in who are in the positions, whether it's Brady Rawlings, whether it's David Noble. Or, or whether it's Luke McDonald, um, you got to back them in that you're making the right choices because ultimately you got to put your faith in someone, and, and they're the ones that are right now being entrusted with turning this footy club around. Yeah, no, and that's that's pretty well said. And uh, I've always uh, I've always heard the saying that uh, the easiest thing to do in the world is uh, criticise someone um, or or, or be critical of something. So yeah, no, pretty well said, uh, Mark, and you've put a logical uh, perspective on it all. And uh, yeah. I really appreciate you coming on the show, Mark. Thanks thanks again. My pleasure. Thanks, Dan. So thanks to Mark for coming on the show once again. Uh, it was really good to get his opinion on how the club is travelling. And maybe we're, we're all jumping to conclusions a bit. Maybe uh, David Noble does seem to need more time. So, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's good to get that perspective on everything as well. Um, don't forget to check out my previous episodes. Um, you know, I've done a lot in the last couple of days. AFLW talk with Loza, that's always a pleasure. So if you want to learn a bit more about the AFLW and where that's going this season, um, which is going which is not far away from starting, only a couple of months really. So yeah, no, you can uh, definitely, uh, yeah, we did a lot of talking about um, you know trades, CBAs, and so forth. So yeah, definitely check that out. Uh, and I did an AFLW review with Frank the Tank uh, yesterday as well, uh, talking about our GW GWS performance. Um, and yeah, where where we're going with that? So definitely check out those last couple episodes, and yeah, check out this one as well. So well, you have checked it out because it's the end of the show. I've clearly um, rambled on too much. So yeah, no, I better end it now. Um, I've done two interviews tonight, so yeah, I've been mentally a little bit fried. Anyways, that's it for me. Um, I will leave a shout out to Callum Urch. Bye for now. <laughs>